Welcome to Packet Pushers. Today we have a sponsored show with Kentech, a startup that's recently come out of stealth. And what do they do? Data flow analysis, making sense of your traffic. But Kentech does this traffic analysis in the era of cloud and big data. I am Ethan Banks, and with me is Greg Farrow. This is the Packet Pushers Priority Q podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Packet Pushers and via PacketPushers.net. Let's jump right into the show today and introduce our guest, Avi Friedman. Avi, please introduce yourself to the Packet Pushers audience. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Avi Friedman, I'm CEO and one of the founders of a startup called Kentic, based in San Francisco and offering network visibility solutions uh, to internet providers, uh, people that run uh, infrastructure for others, web companies, enterprise. Uh, my background, I started the first internet provider in Philadelphia back in 1992. I uh, discovered there was no way to buy internet access commercially or as a user at the time and uh, got into the internet networking business. Uh, wound up running that, growing a little bit of a backbone, sold that and went to run the backbone for a company called AboveNet one of the hosting providers still around as a hosting and backbone provider. Then I was at Akamai for 10 years. I ran the network group, uh, created a number of infrastructure products. About six years ago, I left Akamai. One of the projects I wound up working on was uh, network visibility through sensors that would look at packets, do PCAP-aware applications. And everyone that bought the sensor said, what do we do with all this flow data? NetFlow, IPFix, SFlow... Uh, other formats that people had. And when I went and talked to the operators that I know, the Nanog crowd, uh, web companies, they all said they need better flow options. Uh, they don't know what's on the interfaces. They don't know if they're being attacked, who they should peer with. The legacy vendors were appliances and Windows software. And uh, that led us to the work uh, that, uh, that started Kentic. Well, all right. So, you know, you, the way you phrased it there, what, what do we do with all this flow data? I mean, is that at the core how you would define the problem that you started Kentic to solve? Yeah, that's really the fundamental problem. There's some other data, BGP and SNMP, that you need to sort of correlate and enrich. But fundamentally, the tools that people were using were taking flow data and usually building summaries. But then when people wanted to double-click, or a lot of these people are CLI users, so you know, get in there at a more granular level to the data, they couldn't. The data wasn't there anymore. Most of the open-source solutions, uh, NFDump, PM Account, Silk, Flow Tools, they run on one computer. So if you're running a terabit, 300-pop internet backbone, you struggle to be able to put that data in, store it analyze it, and then integrate it with your other systems. So just to put this into a point of comparison, even if I uh, am running a, a small data center and I've got you know, gigabits worth of data that I'm dealing with and doing NetFlow exports off of that data, I end up with a database full of NetFlow records and then some kind of software that's doing analysis on it to, to give me things like an application breakdown. And then, uh, like you said, you begin to drill in, and a lot of times the data is just not really there anymore. It's not 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 nearly granular enough to give you what you're looking for. Oftentimes, and now you're talking about ISP scale, where they've got, uh, I think you said, uh, terabits of data or hundreds of terabits of data that they need to be able to deal with you know, in real time. And how, how do you build a system to? Uh, scale up to that much flow data and make sense of it. And I assume that's what you've done here. Exactly. That's the problem that we were started to solve. You'd be surprised. A lot of web companies do terabits of traffic. We work with ad tech companies that each one, we have multiple ad tech companies that each do a terabit of five packet flows. That's a lot of you know transactions per second, flows per second uh, to build. And they've got 50 millisecond SLAs on 
the entire path of getting an ad, serving an ad. And so this becomes very visceral to them. They don't need to look back and say, my China, whatever, on this network was slow. They need to get down to the flows and say, what was happening here? And be able to tie that to the rest of their systems. Now, when they're analyzing those flows, what, what exactly are they trying to pull out uh, of that data? Like uh, troubleshooting? You know, we, didn't, we weren't able to deliver ads in a timely fashion during this window, and we want to know what happened? Or are they mining for other sorts of data? So broadly speaking, it starts with availability or efficiency. And we call DDoS and attacks and misconfigurations, we really put those in availability. Right? DDoS is more like, I shove your head in the toilet. Right? Someone picking your pocket, that's a security <laughs> right. problem. Yeah. And what happens is a lot of people wind up shoving their own heads in the toilet, right? Because your applications are misconfigured, you've got links down on a lag and you didn't even know it, you're not monitoring that properly. All of a sudden, traffic is up for five seconds on a host, you don't know what, whether it's an application or a network. So the availability problems are around, is there something that isn't working that is affecting a user? Right? No one really wants to know every little thing that it looks anomalous on a network. It's, are users getting bad experience? Or my users could be an API, you know, it could be an app on the other end, it could be someone else in the ecosystem. And if so, where's the problem? And in fact, one of the biggest values that we can provide is the network people to be able to show everyone else in the company whether there is or isn't a network problem without having to wake them up or bother them. And a lot of the network tools just aren't designed for that. And then if you do see a problem from alerting or you see it somewhere else, to be able to get in and then get all the way down to the most granular level of detail to see when did this start, what was causing it. Again, application, hmm. is it external, internal? Uh, is there packet loss inside the network, outside the network? You know, A lot of people do packet capture or think that they can use uh, some sort of packet capturing capability to do this. And I think it's important to understand that there are times when packet capture is the right thing, but when it comes to doing about floods of packets, you can't do packet capture. If you're capturing 10 gigabits per second or 40 gigabits per second of internet traffic, your packet capture is going to be worthless because a DDoS attack is just going to flood that. So you need a way that reduces the amount of noise so you can start to focus in. And this is where flow tools are critical, right? Exactly. You know, there's been a big change from 10 years ago. Junipers can do inline JFlow, which is just IPFX, but unsampled up to a couple hundred thousand flows per second from the line cart. The Cisco SR can do that. Cisco can even do AVC, application visibility, so you can actually get some of the augmented metadata, things like URL and application performance and and network layer performance and latency and loss from the routers and, in some cases, switches. Right, mm-hmm. So you don't need PCAP necessarily to get that. Now, in some cases, what a lot of people are doing, especially in the enterprise, is they'll have a PCAP-aware sensor, and they'll generate metadata, which is basically just flow. Today, with IPFIX templates uh, that, again, like Enprobe, can do all the things you know I was talking about. Application, semantics, URL, SQL query, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. Application performance, network layer performance. That can be useful data. But yeah, mm. the raw PCAP, it's sort of like, you know, draining the sewer, yes. keeping it for years in case you might That's need right. it. I used to say to people, if I'm troubleshooting a connection to a web server, a packet right. captures the tool. If right. I want to know the trouble that I'm having with 100,000 users accessing a VIP on a load balancer, packet capture isn't going to help you. <laughs> no, just- and, and you mentioned something else which is interesting, which is, you know, in DDoS. And if we have time, we can talk about it. Some of the flow protocols. We do some things. So, you know, basically, if you're seeing 10 gigabits, people ask how much data is the flow. Right. Normally, it's one-tenth of one percent-ish, and lots of parameters we could talk about that. But if you're DDoS and you're seeing forward source address, right, BCP38 violating packets, mm-hmm. well, now you have an issue. 
because every packet's a flow, right? Flow is aggregating based on the IP addresses and the protocol and the ports. But what if one of those things is random across a large range? So we do actually auto sampling. So we say, look, well, the stuff that's obviously trash, we'll sample enough of it so you can see. And the multi-packet flows, well, that's probably real traffic. It's established GCP sessions, things like that. And then we'll sample that less aggressively. Well, why don't we get into the solution, Avi? Uh, why don't you describe, if I'm buying Kentic, what actually am I buying? Are there physical boxes? Is it software? I know there's a cloud component. Uh, put the architecture together for us. Sure. We run a SaaS offering. We, we make a service. We're old school people. We, we run in Equinix facilities and make our own infrastructure uh, by provisioning it. And we have a big data backend called KDE, which is modeled after something we had at Akamai called Akamai Query, Google's Dremel, so big column store database. And a customer enables NetFlow, uh, IPFix, SFlow on routers and switches. You can do it on a host as well. We have a host agent that can generate flow. Also do sensors, although that's not primarily uh, a data source for us. That traffic can be sent to our cloud directly. So you can just type a few lines in and set the SFlow IPFix, NetFlow export to Kentic. Or for people that want to encrypt it in flight, because with a little asterisk, flow protocols don't encrypt, uh, we have a little Linux binary that people can put on on-prem. And then it speaks SNMP and BGP and, and takes the flow locally, sends it to our cloud in real time. So within a few minutes, you know, you log in, create some devices, set up the flow. Within a few minutes, you can log into the portal, access all the functionality. You can see from the high-level dashboards and top talkers and slice and dice by 30 different dimensions, do peering analytics and say, where's my traffic going? Who should I connect to? But then dig all the way down to the detail records, and you can use the portal. But everything that we do in the portal, you can access directly via API or SQL. All your data looks like a big Postgres database, and you can start integrating it with Nagios, with mm. Graphite, Grafana as a dashboard, all, all the other tools that you use. It kind of implies there's some history there. So if I start sending data up into your SaaS cloud offering, how many days worth of data can I store? Our current offering, our mainline offering, is 90 days of retention of at the level, level of granularity yeah. that you send it. Typically, 5,000 flows per second is about what we see from big terabit scale routers. We keep that, so it's really about up to 10 terabytes of data per device that we keep, and you have full access to it for 90 days. After that, we store the things that you've been aggregating and querying on. We'll store those for another few years. So the data I'm sending you, I'm sending you either straight over the internet or I'm sending it through what I'm going to call a proxy. It sounds like it, roughly it's a proxy, at least in function. Uh, I'm sending it to a local Kentic device, and then you encrypt it over the internet to deliver it up to the cloud. You gather that data, and then it, pretty immediately it starts analyzing. How long do I have to wait between sending data and being able to see uh, reports on that data? The alerts would be available within a couple seconds, and the dashboards would populate within a minute. There is a third way. Uh, we do have about eight customers that peer with us at Equinix, so old school. They say, uh, let's make sure this works, even if uh, our internet-facing stuff is not. And, you know, we've got routers and switches, and I get teased all the time about still using Catalyst, but we're moving to all MXs, such as the way it is. <laughs> uh, or, uh, you know, the, you know my, my Usenet network, which, which became uh, the Kentic backend, had Brocade and Cisco and Juniper, and now we're going all Juniper, which is the, the blessed, approved way by the internet backbone gods, for the most part. So, But, I, you know, if I'm a certain class of customer, I can peer with Kentic directly, exactly. yeah, yeah, is what, what we're getting at here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we also, I should say, we do on-premise deployments for people that 
just can't get over the security issues of sending data into the cloud. And you know, a lot of these people say, look, long-term we'll be using cloud. We use GitHub, Zendesk, Zenefits, Salesforce, but right now we got to keep this on-prem. Or they know they want to send URLs and some other things that get into PII. And we're agnostic. Like we're, we're not, you know, we're more like AppDynamics than New Relic. We'd say, however people want to use it, that's great. Now, behind the scenes, the network people still don't want to run servers. So they still get into the battles of, oh, well, where do we put all this stuff? You know, and in some cases, for on-prem for us is we get a cabinet in Equinix and both peer with it. That's blessed as not our network and you know, part of their network, and then we can still manage it and help them out. When you say I can do whatever I want, does that mean you're just exposing the, what you describe as a PostgreSQL database? Or are there APIs that I'm calling? How am I actually getting at the data so that I can do whatever it is I want? There's a portal. You log into the portal. You can create devices and alerts. You see graphs and tables. You can build dashboards. You can get down. It looks like a visibility product from the front end. But anywhere that you are in the portal, you can just click SQL. And you can see what the query is. And then if you want, this is not the primary way that people normally access. We have some, again, old dinosaurs who enjoy sitting at the <laughs> command line and doing stuff. We, you know, we have our next hackathon. We'll be doing ASCII scrolling graphs. You know, for people that want to have screen tmux, <laughs> uh, you know, everything. It's you know, it's just fine. I've got a PDP eight emulator. I'm trying to, you know, make do graphs uh, on its front panel. You are uh, old school. So um, yeah, check out my Twitter feed. I've I've got that on Avi Friedman uh, from when I was playing with that this uh, over Thanksgiving. So. So the purpose of the back end is so that people can integrate. It's people want, for example, their other alerting system says, I'm having application performance issues. Like I see users, New Relic is alerting. When they send that ticket, they want to pull to us and say, show me what all the different dimensions of traffic are across our gateway and, and the, the network. And let a human sort of eyeball that and say, eh, the network looks fine, right? Or Server Central is a customer of ours. Uh, disclaimer, I used to be CTO there. But they've integrated everything that we do into their customer portal. So their customers can either look at the SNMP side or they can look at top talkers and dig down and say, well, what is the traffic from China? Oh, it's from, oh yeah, that's one of our trading partners. Or, oh, it's from 40,000 IP addresses, I'm under attack. And you know, a lot of them build integration. Our biggest customers want integrated DDoS mitigation, but we've got three or four that have their own special blend of IRC bot or Slack bot or whatever that, that you know, says, hey, you've got attack. And then they, you know, configure some ACLs from something to push to tail F from IRC or whatever, you know, however mm. people want to build it. Now, we've talked a lot of uh, ISP and uh, you know, cloud sorts of applications. If I'm an enterprise user, how does Kentic fit into my world? The parts of enterprise that look like web companies, so you've got origin infrastructure that delivers to end users, APIs, you know, it's behind a CDN, has a lot of the same problems as our first wave of customers, right? Which is, is there a problem? Where is it? Why is there congestion? Is the user being affected? So that's a big enterprise use case for us. The other is enterprise that run Global WAN. They run MPLS networks. There's no software defined in that. They've got 300 POPs, but they've got applications. They've got users. A surprising number, I'd say almost every large enterprise looks a lot like an ISP. Mm. Right? Their customers are departments, but where should I add capacity? Who should I connect to? Are my providers working? How much do these things cost? Same problems as ISPs. So, sure. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing about that point of view is that 
your measurement is independent of the device or the network itself. So by measuring flow data or collecting data from flows, today you might have a, an E1, tomorrow you might have an MPLS, 10 meg, and then it's 100 meg. You're still getting the data independent of what's actually there. Exactly. And, 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 that, and that's really, what makes it valuable to ISPs is because it doesn't matter what their networks looks like or where it is, it's still the same tool. They don't have to keep... Uh, shifting vendors of tools or changing the the graphs don't change because you know you've moved to a different platform or something. Exactly, and every device. I mean, maybe you guys would know better, but like every network, modern network device that we've seen that's not a not a Netgear router, right? Can do switches or it can do S uh, flow or NetFlow or IPFix. In fact, this may be surprising. Usually, we tell people use S flow. Right, it's actually easier. It's just packet samples and headers into protocol. Much less work for the device. Much more accurate, faster. So you can see, oh, I just made a config change, and see three seconds later, did something go wonky? Did it do what I thought it was going to do? Much simpler, uh, faster. Even though you think of SFlow as the switch protocol, probably not as good. We recommend when people, you know, even have routers that can do it to do it. And SFlow is pretty universal in most network devices. Now, Avi, you, we've been talking mostly about flow data, and we've talked about SFlow and IPFix and NetFlow, but you've also mentioned BGP and SNMP as data sources. Can you explain how those fit in? Sure. So we can function without either SNMP or BGP data. I'll start with SNMP. First key thing we want from SNMP is interface names. So in Flow, you've got the interface numbers, but when people are looking at well, where did this traffic come from and go to? They want to be able to see the names. And in fact, when they want to be able to see uh, transit providers, not everyone in the company knows every AS number, especially, you know, these the Wild West of the of the four byte ASs, right? I mean, not everyone knows those. So right. uh, what is that? And you'll see, you know, interface name, blah, blah, blah. Also lets us build flow tags, right? So we have the ability to just create arbitrary tags and dimensions that you can look at. And you can say that can be based on part of the name. So if it was peering customer transit, that can then become a tag that you can search on. And the other thing is correlation. So you may be surprised to know, I guess you guys are sitting down, that router vendors frequently have bugs. What? In fact, I <laughs> sort of described the process of, of all this is like deterministic algorithms can involve with bugs. And I think in our profession is more than almost any other that I've seen, uh, the sort of technical application of computers, you have to be able to reason from first principles because there's a really good chance once you're confused, it is a bug. And the sequence numbers in flow generated by a lot of devices isn't accurate. So SNMP traffic we need to get to correlate with the total that the flow looks like it is to say, are we catching all the flow? Are we missing it so we can flag it so you don't think your network's just had a heart attack when we're just not getting some of the flow? So that's SNMP. BGP, same thing. Policy is one of the things that we enable. So we take every flow record we have we keep the AS path and the communities from the source and the dust. So we can build flow tags based on that. So you can say Europe traffic. If you've got regex in your BGP communities that are Europe, you can search by AS path. You can group by AS path or part of it. And then, you know, why do we want BGP? Well, we have global BGP tables, but we take the inside-out approach. We're not sort of sitting on the outside, peering in through your opaque borders and shields. We're taking the traffic that's your data, so we might as well have your routing table. Um, and what that lets us do is traffic flow, peering analytics, so that people can say, 
who am I sending traffic to? Who should I be sending traffic to? You know, eliminate your transit providers and then say, who's beyond that? Maybe I should connect to them. Look at performance by AS path. I, I'll say, raise your hand if you've ever created a route map or a. <laughs> I, I'm still a Juno's dummy. PGP, yeah. I like wave a chicken over my head and like look at the look at the Google sites, you know, for for Juniper Cisco and whatever. But the equivalent on, on Juniper, the not the firewall filter, but whatever yeah. it is. So, Avi, I wanted to quickly jump in here and say, you know, you were talking about monitoring BGP features and functions like autonomous, you know, uh, traffic from neighboring autonomous systems. There's some overlap here with other products in the internet. Do you want to compare how Kentic works and how those products work so that there's you can understand the difference between them? Absolutely. So we need the BGP data to enrich the flow to help network engineers put it in context, mm-hmm. but we're not primarily starting from the BGP focus. We think, for example, BGP hijack detection, something that pretty much everyone needs to know, not because necessarily someone hates you, but because someone on the remote end of the internet has fat-fingered and has grabbed your IP space. There's tools like uh, BGPmon, which was bought by, uh, well, it's really uh, affiliated with OpenDNS, now part of Cisco. Mm -hmm. Uh, The stuff that Renesis did, which was awesome, more like a BGP VCR that also does the hijack detection, now part of Dyn. We're either going to have something like that in a portal pane, on our end, or right now, we sort of point people to those existing tools. A little bit of a different purpose, and for people yeah. that really... So, there's a di- so that, you know, you, you can interpret from the flow from your product if yeah. there's flapping, because you tend to see some packet drops or some changes in the packet load. But this isn't the, necessarily the right tool for that. You probably want to have something else, but that's the difference. You're using this to tell you volume of traffic from a given AS, not that the AS is suddenly blown up. Right. And in our system, because we store the AS path and you can group by it, you can just say for this time period, how many different AS paths did I have to this prefix? And you can see that too. But if what you're looking for is is someone outside my network taking my IP space in vain, or what's the history of the last few years, there's, there's better tools for that. And part of our roadmap is let's integrate with those. But let's find the people that do the best job at external ping and trace route and, and, and that kind of monitoring, uh, mm-hmm. the BGP monitoring, configuration management, a lot of things we could build, but you know, we're startup, we gotta have focus. I just wanted to draw, highlight that because a lot of people are not aware that you know you can do BGP monitoring. And I've actually used flow tools as an attempt to try and do that and not really got what I wanted. But what I was able to say is how much traffic's coming from a given AS which can be very useful for saying how much traffic is coming from a particular carrier or being able to say the traffic coming from this carrier has very poor performance. There's a lot of retransmissions and it's probably the carrier. So when we get calls on the help desk and they say, oh, yes, I'm from, Mm -hmm. I don't know, Comcast or Rogers in Canada, you can look at their ASs and go, yeah, well, that's those networks are oversubscribed and perform very badly, and that's a known problem. Exactly. And I think that, that each of these approaches has strengths and weaknesses. And as I said, sort of the theme that we see, because I think the NetOps people basically have been doing DevOps since before, you know, DevOps, well, bef- decades, well before mm-hmm. DevOps was a term, is people today want to take the best of breed things and put them together so they've got one platform. But yeah. we actually can see flapping with what we've done, because we don't just do aggregates, every flow record has the AS path. So you can see flapping of, you know, on sort of the outbound path and some yeah. inference of that on the inside. But the BGP tools will give you much better visibility. What the BGP tools miss is the relevance. 
just like a lot of mm. the active active testing does, misses the relevance. Like, how much of that was my user traffic? How, you know, okay, that network, Rogers is having issues. No offense, our friends at Rogers. I only I chose that too because they're the ones that people complain about all the time. You know. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's this, you know, and some we'd say vendor J, vendor C, you know, provider yeah. C, provider <laughs> R, whatever. But yeah, and so is it relevant to me? And I think that's where you need the flow aspect of it. How much correlation are you doing, Avi, with the data? I mean, because you can collect the data, you can present the data with simple graphs and these kind of things. But, but as you say, it is understanding what the data means to you is where the magic all happens. And how much of that is Kentech doing for me? Correlation-wise, the first step is, which we've talked about, make sure that the BGP data, we've got the data from the BGP attributes with every flow. Mm-hmm. So that goes in, now that's food. So now I've got a system which at rest, you know, the data lake, it's just there. We are running aggregations and some baselining and trending over the data so that we can do alerting. Again, you know, a lot of people, DDoS is a problem, or I'd say accidental DDoS, right? That there's congestion here, and then is it internal, is it external, just like BGP hijacking it could be on purpose or not. You know, if you're a content provider, am I sending enough traffic to Twilio? Is my API traffic down? Those sorts of things are the first level that people are interested in. So we do that at that level of analysis. That's alerting. It can be as noisy as people want, and some people are get lonely if they haven't heard from their computers in a minute. <laughs> um, most, most of our customers have a life. It sounds like a horror show. That's not, that's not loneliness. I, I, I would that's... agree with you, but you know, we try not to argue with customers. We have a very yeah. flexible system. Uh, most don't of judge. our customers... You, you don't judge. Don't, <laughs> yes. No, we don't judge. Everyone's, yeah. Some people use Emacs, some people use... I still use Elm. I just upgraded to Elm Millennium Edition. Uh, so I've got MIME and, and, and Unicode support. So, you know... <laughs> Not standard. Uh, so, uh, but most of our customers don't want to know unless there's a problem that affects users. And mm-hmm. so we do that level of aggregation so that typically someone is interacting with Kentic as part of getting data from an event, logging in to look at what is happening when there's something strange going on or they get alerted that there's too much traffic, too little traffic, something unusual, or building, we call them boss reports. Uh, here's the relevance of what's going on. Here's why I need to establish this pop, uh, you know, the analytics and things like that. And some of that- Yeah, the Christmas tree. I call that the Christmas tree. The one that has like flashy lights and it's all yeah. cute and you give it to many and it looks at, they have a sense of this is what they were doing and it's like a little present because they feel like they're in control. Or we call it a FAD, a funding augmentation device. In the <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You know, the general says, that, I want that on the knock. Yes, yeah. I want more of this. This is wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Funding organization. Oh, I could use that. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, steal it totally. Yeah, mm. totally stealing that. Mm. Uh, Avi, um, you deal with a lot of ISP, so I'm assuming IPv6 is not not a challenge for Kentic, or, or is it? What's the status of IPv6 support? We take it and store it, and you can access it. You can query it via the via raw queries. It's not fully integrated into the portal. It's something we've been tracking on our roadmap since Q3, and people keep asking for us to finish other features first. But we're not going to exit Q2 without everything being 100% IPv6 supportive. That meaning you can intake data over IPv6, you can munge IPv6 flow data and present it with no issues? Because I, I, I kind of see two aspects here. There's the yeah. getting the data to the solution and then dealing with the, the data inside. Right. Today, we can take data over IPv4 that contains data about IPv6. IPv6. Got and it. everyone's sending us 
data over IPv4 today, and so that hasn't been an issue. Mm-hmm. But by the time we're done, it'll be 100% in every graph dashboard peering analytics, as well as native IPv6 support to way before that, you'll be able to log in from v6 to the portal, which is interesting case for DDoS, right? A lot of that affects the v4 side of people have some separate v6 infrastructure, sometimes for out-of-band or home networking, you know, reach. But yeah, we'll be done with that by the end of Q2. We started last January and we've been customer-driven and that's just been a little bit lower, but uh, on mm. the priority, but primarily we're dealing with U.S. ISPs, and if we were focusing on Europe and Asia, I know it'd be a very different story. Now, you mentioned you know, customers that you have and, and features that they're demanding. I mean, are there any customers that you can talk about right now? Sure. Newstar uses us as they run their infrastructure and even their DDoS mitigation infrastructure. OpenDNS uses us to run their distributed cloud infrastructure. You know, they look a lot like a CDN you know, with pops all over the place and lots of different kinds of traffic, obviously traffic engineering. They're a big target out there and, uh, you know, have to stay up 100.00% of the time. Box, as a content provider, enterprise customer, didn't have a good tool, and uh, Yelp as a customer. In fact, it's fun because Yelp is now getting reports from some of their ISPs that use Kentic that are just in trials that aren't supposed to be using it in production. So Yelp has been feeding us data about that, which has been sort of fun on the account (laughs) side. And, uh, you know, again, the classic things. These guys are out there on the internet. Interesting, you know, you think Box, Yelp, you hear about cloud. These people run their own infrastructure. We see the trend is people that get started on cloud, they can't do anything about the performance. They can't peer with people for control. They can't complain about my UUNet connectivity as problems. They run their own infrastructure. They just, you know, provision servers and get some routers and hire one or two people who, again, they don't want their monitoring systems to hug them and, and, and tell them, you know, sweet nothings. They want to just go about their life and have the system run itself. So, you know, they're examples of the web companies. And then we have about 20 ISPs. I just don't know who's referenceable. Uh, from backbones to cloud providers like Server Central mm-hmm. to small ISPs with a couple routers. So long-term established products, reference accounts available on request. Absolutely. I want to go back to the architecture because there's a question I meant to ask and I forgot, and that is this. Is there path awareness within Kentech? What I mean to say is you've got all these different flow sources, you, you can different routers and so on. So is there any sense that you can present the data in a way that shows the, the traffic went from you know, this router to this router through this firewall and you know, that kind of thing or, or not really? Not today, but there will be. So I'll give you the simple answer and then just one drill down. We will have map view, network topological views. There are some of the flow tools that run on Windows on one server, so they're not really you know options for our customers. People have brought up say, we want that, and that's a network topology view, not just with the total traffic, but actually you know pulsing flows of the actual flows overlaid on that graph. We're going to be doing that. We're not going to get into detailed IGP analytics like a packet design. That would okay, be another yeah. example of a tool. If you want to get, you know, be doing WAN TE, you know, again, there's overlap. We could tell you top talkers, you know, one point to the other. We can do something that very few can, which is what's the remote interface over there? Why is it full? But we're not going to reinvent the Keratin and Wandel or, you know, write protocol decoders for every IGP. There's tools for that, and it's not mainline in terms of what we hear all, all the customers asking for. Well, Avi, we've done a, a real good introduction to Kentic and the product, so let, let's do this. I want to give you a chance to kind of give me like one or two sentences that compartmentalize you know, what Kentic is and, and what the main use cases are. Go for it. 
Tentic is a powerful, easy to get going with and integrate service that will show you what's going on on your infrastructure. If you've ever been staring at your tools or wishing you had tools that you could use to understand why there's congestion, who you should connect to, where you should expand your infrastructure, or even just let your colleagues understand whether there's a network issue or not as they're debugging something, that's our audience. That's what we built for. We make that very easy and an offering that you can integrate with all your other tools. Excellent. And now if folks want to find out more about Kentic, where do they go? Our website, uh, www.kentic.com. And everyone uh, who's a listener can feel free to email me, avi at kentic.com. Happy to talk to you about the business, technology, any of it. And again, Kentic, that's K-E-N-T-I-K, just to make sure you're, you're Googling the right thing, K-E-N-T-I-K. Well, uh, Avi, do you uh, blog by any chance? Are you out there on the internet? I think you mentioned your Twitter handle a little bit earlier. Have you written any books, anything like that, that you'd care to plug for yourself? Almost wrote a book. Addison Wesley <laughs> gave me a retainer to write a book on BGP and uh, in the late 90s after the Boardwatch articles that I wrote. And I then got too busy and I tried to return the advance and they refused to take it. They said, maybe you'll write it at some point. So no <laughs> books uh, at avi.net. It's mostly older content, including the stuff from the 90s about BGP and, and multi-homing and, and DDoS and things like that. And then I'm um, Avi Friedman on Twitter, and I uh, uh, post things that I think are interesting, not just Kentic-related, about sysadmin, science, networking, you know, and anything else that I see out there. A lot in the, in the funding world as CEO, I've put myself... I have to put that hat on and and follow that whole space as well. Well, thanks very much for joining us today. And thanks to Kentuck for sponsoring the show. Uh, Greg, uh, how can folks follow you on any closing thoughts? Uh, You can follow me on my blog at ethereumind.com and on the Twitter is at ethereumind. You'll know that we talk a lot about visibility and operational tools here. And this is one of those products that is part of that suite. You don't just buy one of these things. You need to get visibility. Uh, The part of about using Flow and NetFlow and SFlow means that your devices give you the the raw data. So you're not down at the depths of packet capture, which is useful for niche troubleshooting. But above that, it's that summary data which allows you to get a sense of what the applications are doing without it. And I've used these types of tools many times and they're invaluable. You really should be checking it out and seeing if it works in your situation. You need something like this to, to keep grips on what's happening. And I am Ethan Banks at EC Banks on Twitter. EthanCBanks.com is my blog. And this has been Packet Pushers Priority Q. Thanks for listening to Packet Pushers today. You can find this and many more fine, free, technical podcasts along with our community blog at PacketPushers.net. Follow us on Twitter at Packet Pushers. And you can also find us on LinkedIn. You can like us on Facebook if that's where you like to be. You can rate us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. And hey, last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough. <laughs>